Good evening to those in the social media this social media land. Thank you for being with us again. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you without message for this week. And we thank you for you listening. We ask you to share with your family and friends if you enjoyed. You can always download our app on your iPhone or your Android. That's Grace and Faith Fellowship, and you can listen to all the messages that we have, all the Bible studies we have, which is on Thursday. And so you're more than welcome to do that. You know, I pray we've been a blessing to you. But tonight we're going to continue on this series that we started, I Surrender All. And really, God put this on my heart. This is really, a, the word surrender has really been a, word that God had really given me ever since I rededicated my life. I came back to Christ at age 20 and I made a decision to surrender my life to God. So on this journey, I've been finding out what that consists of. And so therefore, I remember growing up with the song that you heard me last week said, I surrender all. And one of the verses um, of that song, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight. And the verse goes like this, says, all to Jesus I surrender, humbly at his feet I bow. It says, fill me with thy Holy Spirit. Let me know that thou art mine. And so this is what we, when we talk about tonight, when come to surrender, we're talking about in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my subtitle is when we're talking about surrender, but you have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. And so we're going to talk about that tonight, about the Holy being empowered by the Holy Spirit to have a surrendered life. Because the bottom line is that you can't do it without him. So just to start this, imagine you on a, a journey, on the longest journey of your life. Imagine what you can imagine that, but you're all alone. You ain't got no one to talk to, uh, no one to help you, and no one to enjoy it with. I don't know about you, but you know, when you go on the journey, a long journey, a long trip, you know, it's good um, when you have company, people to talk to, somebody to, you know, share something with. It makes the journey a whole lot more enjoyable versus you being by yourself so so this is incredibly incredibly sad when you on this long journey all by yourself okay so imagine you on a long journey you're all by yourself you got no one to talk to no one to help you out no one to do anything to help you out you all by yourself see but the thing is christians live this way by not experiencing the power and the comfort that is promised through the Holy Spirit. See, unfortunately, this, was, this is how many Christians live without the power and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. So the question you need to ask yourself tonight is, are you living without the power and the presence and the comfort of the Holy Spirit? For all practical purposes, many travel their journeys as if Jesus were not with them. A lot of Christians are traveling, going on this Christian journey, 
as if Jesus is not with them. Maybe you want to know one the only time you really see Jesus is when you're in trouble. You know, when things get really, really bad, then we go to church and we want people to pray for us. And then we, we spend time, a lot of time praying. And so but we never consider Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit until those things happen. And so what, what are you doing? You are living this Christian journey without the Holy Spirit, as, as if he's not there. Is this you're going on by yourself? Maybe you're a person, you say, well, I got saved. Maybe you are saved. And no, you say, but you know what? You say, you know what? After you got saved, you're doing things on your own. You decided that I'm just going to live this life by myself. I don't need God. I got this. And sad to say, I'm there, you're making a mistake. You can't do this. You can't uh, live a surrendered life without the power of the Holy Spirit. You need him. As a result of us, <clears throat> we're prone to travel our journey with a lot of self-effort. And this is what Christians we tend to do. And I'm guilty. I was guilty of myself. And sometimes I still have to find, check myself. Are uh, you trying to tra travel this journey, this Christian journey, with a lot of self? We're prone to self-effort. Are you living with self-effort? Are you trying to do things on your own ability without the help of the Holy Spirit? <clears throat> so this is what you're prone to do when you're trying to do this journey. You, you're going to self-effort means you're doing it in your own ability. And our cycle of commitment and working harder. To be like Jesus ends in discouragement. A surrender, a life surrender to God in this way will result in feeling like feeling like a life doomed to frustration and failure. So you're going to be in these cycles of working harder and you're committed to God. Maybe that's you. You're committed to God. You're working hard. He's no and trying to be like Jesus and end up in discouragement. You know, this, we sung a song. You know, coming up to be more like Jesus, <clears throat> to be more like Him, all oh, to be like Him, and you know what? And that's a great desire. We all want to be like you. We all want to be more like Jesus, to love like Him, to forgive like Him. You know, but you cannot do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're trying to do this in your own ability, okay, you know, you may be committed to it, but you're gonna be discouraged. You know, well, this is what a surrender life is going to look like to you. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be, you're going to fall all the time, a life of failure. Why? Because you're trying to do it in your own ability. So this is why we said you have to, a life of surrender to Jesus has to be submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I say with evidence of speaking tongues. Now, some people are saying, well, do you have to speak in tongues? Oh, but you should want to. Because that comes like a package deal. You should want to. But the thing is, you need the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to live this surrendered life. And in, in and John, in the chapters from chapter 13 through chapter 17, after three years of being with his disciples, 
almost every day of their, their lives, Jesus prepared them, his disciples, for life without physical presence, which is what we experience as follows today. He repeatedly talked about the Holy Spirit. Okay, the spirit will dwell in them and be with them forever. He called the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, the helper, the one who will talk about Jesus, the one who will make them aware of sin and the one who will guide them in truth. So Jesus, he prepared his disciples. Okay. For when he leave, he said, I'm no longer going to be physically here, but you know what? I'm leaving you something. I'm leaving you a comforter. Let's let's read that. I'm going to read it from the uh, Amplified Classic Version, <clears throat> and that's John chapter 14, verse 26, where Jesus says this. He says, "But the Comforter, the Counselor, the Helper, the Intercessor, the Advocate, the Strengthener." The standby, the Holy Spirit knows it calls the Holy Spirit all these names. This Holy Spirit does all these things. Whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. And he will call you to recall, remind you of, bring to your remember everything I have told you. So Jesus prepared the disciples, which is what he we do today okay is that we are supposed to be jesus is no longer physically present so we have the holy spirit which is in the person of jesus christ the holy spirit live what is the holy spirit is christ on the inside of you he's there to to talk to you he's there to help you He's there to counsel you. He's there to guide you and to lead you into all truths. This is what he does. He is our counselor, our helper, our intercessor, our advocate, our strengthener. I don't know about you. I need strength. This We're talking about not just human strength, but we're talking about supernatural strength. You need that to go through some things. You need to be able to tap into that supernatural strength. Okay, because sometimes life can hit you hard okay and so you need the power of the holy spirit to surrender your life to jesus and to be able to do what he asks us to do to stay focused to stay on on course because without the power of the holy spirit you can't do that and so i love this word because i looked at the word and notice that the, the holy spirit he's our counselor he's our helper intercessor, advocate, strengthener. But when I got to standby, I was like, well, what does that mean? He's our standby. And here's the definition of a standby. Standby means the one to be relied on, especially in emergencies. Wow. Think about that. God is standing by in case of an emergency. When things may catch you off guard, he is the person, you know how, well, when you fill out, uh, go to the doctor and you fill out a doctor's report, they want some information on you, and they always ask you, you know, in case of emergency, who do you call? Who do you call? Who Who's the person, write down the person you want us to contact 
in case of emergency, where the Holy Spirit is does that for us. He is there in case of emergency. When things hit you hard or catch you off guard, he is your emergency contact. I like that. He is my and your emergency contact. You know what? And all you have to do is say, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need your help. I need your strength. And he's right there. Why? Because he lives on the inside of you now. Okay. He lives right there on the inside of you. Okay. So I want to deal with this scripture. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Familiar past scripture, those who are familiar. But here's what it says. I'm reading from the New Living Chain. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what Paul told the church of Ephesus. He says, be filled. He commands him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So there's a need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why is it necessary? Being filled with the Holy Spirit is in the presence tense. Okay. Making a continual command for the believer. Okay. So it's not just a one-time thing. In the book of Acts, the same people who were filled the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost were again filled again, and that's in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Okay, most people don't get drunk on just one drink. Okay, likewise, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just a one time experience. Okay, there is an initial feeling of the Holy Spirit and many subsequent fillings. So, you know, most people don't get drunk off of one drink. They have to drink a lot. You know, I get drink. Same thing with the Holy Spirit, okay? In order for the Holy Spirit to really uh, have control or be very present in your life, okay, there's the initial baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay, which we saw on the day of Pentecost. But it also, it says, hey, be filled constantly. It's more than just one time. It's not just a one-time experience. You, you're constantly being filled, being indwelled and filled with the Holy Spirit. But like I said, it says it makes perfect sense. person just don't get drunk off of one drink. Most people don't do that. They have to continue to drink. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. You have to continue to allow him to fill you and fill you continually so that... You may know that when you have more than one drink, what you become intoxicated. Okay, it says just as drunkenness can change a person's personality and make them totally different, being filled with the Holy Spirit can make people act just like Jesus. So we know when your person is drunk, their personality change, they do and say things that they normally maybe would not say. Make them act totally different than you've ever seen a drunk person. Well, the same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, as you continue to be filled, it will it will make you act just like Jesus. You said you want to be like Jesus, right? We want to be like Jesus. So therefore, being filled with the Holy Spirit begins to change you. And you begin to act as you surrender to him. No, we're talking about surrender to him. Allow him to continue to feel you. And then you will see yourself begin to act like Jesus, to talk like Jesus. You'll take on his personality, his character. 
Okay. His nature, because he, he's already on the inside of you. Now you're going to be see, begin to see those things from the, that's on the inside of you be manifested on the outside of you. Okay. Some of the effects of being filled with the Holy Spirit are listed in Ephesians uh, chapter um, 19, verse 21, which they include instructions of the scripture, worshiping with spiritual songs and giving thanks unto God and submission to one another. So guess what? When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what? You have revelation of the scripture. God will give you deeper revelation of the scripture as you have you been filled with the Holy Spirit. When you feel the Holy Spirit, you, you'll get a deeper revelation. You it says your worship, your worship goes to another level. As you begin to as you feel with the Holy Spirit. Okay, giving thanks unto God, it said, then submitting to one another. Okay, so you're able to submit to people. That word also meant what submit has something to do with surrender. Because it's going, you may struggle. Maybe you're struggling with submitting to authority or people on your job or some things. Okay. The Holy Spirit will help you do that. Even just check this out. Even when they don't deserve to be submitted under, he will teach you how to do that. He will teach you how to do that. Okay. It is easy to say we are filled with the spirit because of some emotional feeling that we have. But Paul relates the feeling of the spirit to life relationships. See, now most people say, well, let me tackle this. When you start talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, I don't know about you. I grew up with I saw some weird stuff. I saw some stuff, you know. That I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I want that. And I saw some things. And then, of course, I just talked about speaking in tongues, which is, you know, people think is strange. You know, um, I saw people run up and down the hall. Of course, we saw people get emotional, start shouting happy, run up and down the aisle. And the Holy Spirit will make people do that. Everybody's different. May not be you. Okay. It may, I'm not to judge say whether it was the Holy Spirit or whether it wasn't the Holy Spirit. We ain't gonna get into that. But the Holy Spirit will make you emotional and have emotional feelings, and then you may act out in some kind of way. But listen to what is Paul talked about related to Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit with life relationships. See, that's the thing about we what we have done with the Holy Spirit is that. We've limited him to just a shout and a dance. And we so we see that in church and we see people shouting and dance. We say, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. And that's not wrong. Okay. That's not wrong. But we've limited him to just a shout and dance and speaking in tongues. Okay. But he's more to that. We have to relate this to life relationships. So to those who are truly filled with the Holy Spirit will have godly actions to show for it. So, you know, you just can't be that person who, who shout and dance and speak in tongues and scream and holler and run up and down the aisle and, you know, what say, okay, yeah, he or she got the Holy Spirit. But 
it should show up in godly actions too. Okay. It should show up in your behavior toward God and toward people. Okay. So let me give you, so there's three areas mentioned that it shows up in. And, and Paul gives example for in Ephesians. Okay. The three areas mentioned that it show up in is the husband wife relationship. And that's in Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. It shows up in the parent, the child, excuse me, parent relationship, which is in Ephesians 6, 1 and 4. And, and the slave master relationship, which is in Ephesians 6, 5 and 9. Now that term here, slave master, was, you know, in everyday term, that means uh, employee, employer. Okay, that's what that means. And so, so it should show up in these three relationships that Paul deals with in Ephesians. The husband-wife relationship. Okay. The child-parent relationship. Okay. And the employer-employee relationship. Each relationship calls for a submission toward one another as being served, rendered unto the Lord. When you're working for your boss, it should be as unto the Lord. When, when you are serving your spouse, it should be as unto the Lord. With your children, it should be as unto the Lord. You surrender what you have. Because, see, you need the Holy Spirit in these areas. Maybe you're trying to handle your marriage without surrendering to the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit in your marriage to teach you how to relate to each other, how to talk to each other, okay, how to communicate with each other. This you need him with your with your children. In this day and time, you know, things tough, things are different than when I came up. And you need the need the Holy Spirit to teach you how to raise your child in this environment and with this social media and Twitter and and all the stuff that's going on, you know, in this environment, going to school with all the things that's going on, you know, with even now with school, school shootings and things. You need the Holy Spirit to show you and guide you on how to raise your child in this society. You know, employee, employer, you, you know, I've had some bosses who were very um, tough and strict and you know, didn't treat me well. Well, I had to surrender to the Holy Spirit to teach me whether I should quit or whether I should stay or, you know, things of that nature. On your job, you need to surrender to the Holy Spirit. You need him in your life. But if you're trying to do this journey without him, then as I said earlier, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be discouraged. You know what? And you and in some cases people quit. And maybe you was that person who quit. Why? Because you was trying to live this life without the help of the comforter, the counselor. And his name is Jesus. When you say Holy Spirit, you're talking about Jesus all in one. In in John 15, Jesus explained. This through the metaphor of the vine and the branches, okay? 
He calls this daily connection with him abiding. He is divine and we are the branches. So you got to stay connected to him. How, how do you do it? That's how you, that's what surrendering is, is staying connected to the vine. I surrender to him because of what? If I become disconnected from him, I'm no longer going to get the nutrient. If a, if a branch becomes disconnected from the vine, there's no more nutrients there. Okay, so we, we, we are to abide or to make our home in him by confessing our sins and then reconnecting to him and his life and power. It is possible. This is possible because the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us. Okay, this is probably he lives in us. We can do this. His life is flowing through us as we stay connected to him. Just like the, the life is flowing through the vine because life is flowing through the branch because of the vine, because it is connected. Okay. It's the same with us. As we stay connected, the life of Christ is flowing through us. The Holy Spirit is ministering to us and because we're connected to the vine. And his life is flowing through us as we stay connected. Like the sap in the vine flows through the branches. We are not left alone for our journey. So I want to encourage you tonight. Don't try to, if you've been trying to do this on your own, in your own ability, don't do it. And I know people think, you know, the Holy Spirit, that looks weird. You know, and like I said, and we, you may have seen some things that look weird, but that don't mean it's always the Holy Spirit. But as I said before, the Holy Spirit is supposed to show up in life relationships. That's how you know it in life relationships. Okay. So let me read John chapter 15, verses three to five. Let me read this. I'm reading from the New Living. It says, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus makes it very plain. He was talking to the disciples at the time, but he's speaking to us. You can't do this without me. You have to stay connected. You have to remain, abide in him. As the, That's what the King James, abide in me and I will abide in you. It says you cannot produce fruit if you're not connected to the vine, you won't produce any fruit. Okay, and we're going to get to the fruit later. Next scripture, we're talking about the fruit. What kind of fruit we supposed to be producing, but you're not going to be able to produce anything. You're not going to be successful without a surrendered life to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's power then works through us to change our character. See, this is what God is after. He's after to change your character. Just like branches, we have to stay connected to Jesus. So let me encourage you tonight. Stay connected. And if you are if you have been disconnected, you can get back. Get back connected with Jesus. 
okay, through the person of the Holy Spirit and the vine. When we stay connected to Jesus and the vine, the vine, excuse me, we will bear external fruit in keeping with Jesus' life. We focus on abiding and the fruit bearing of the Christian character begins to happen. So know what it's in. It's not saying you worked to produce fruit. It says you abide and you will produce fruit. See, maybe you've been working on trying to produce fruit and now you're frustrated and you're discouraged because you said, well, hey, I'm trying to love like Jesus. And you know what? But then when people get on your nerves, you revert right back to what you used to do. You may be cussing them out or going off on them. And you say, well, I'm trying, but I can't do it. Why? Because you're trying to do it in your own ability. Just abide in him. Now, so you may say, well, how do I do that? How do I? Well, you have to have a prayer life, okay? And in my own personal time, I, now I'm going to speak for myself. This is how I do it. This is abiding to me. Well, when I'm dealing with things, maybe on my job or in my marriage or with my kids, and I've learned this, I've trained myself, okay, I have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need help with this. Tell Holy Spirit, I'm angry about this. I don't understand this, and I'm trying hard. And Holy Spirit, I know what you told me to do. Jesus, I know what your word says. Your word says to forgive them, but I'm struggling right now with that. So I need your help with this. Okay, I need your help to forgive that person. I need your help to love this person unconditionally. I need your help to control my tongue because I lose it and I need your help. And so this is what abiding with him. This is because God wants us to come to him that way. Okay, and stand where it says, God, I believe that you've given me the strength. I have the ability to do what you asked me to do, but I need your help. I need for you to help me with my attitude. I need you to help me with my finances. I'm not doing it the way you asked me to do. So I need your guidance, your advice on what to spend, how to spend it to get to the place that you want me to be. These are the things that you have. This is what abiding in. And then you begin to build. Once you do that, the Holy Spirit will begin to work on you. And you begin to build character and you begin to act like him. And you find yourself in the same situation and you act a different way. But this is what I'm talking about. This is what a buying is to make it very practical. This is what a buying is to get into scriptures too, to read scriptures and say, you know what? On a daily basis, this is what the word says. I know what the word says to do. You know what? And if God says I can do this, I have the ability with Lord Holy Spirit. I need your help. And so we let me read this. So we focus, we focus on the body and the fruit bearing of the Christian career begins to happen. We'll get frustrated when we focus on trying to produce external fruit, but forget abiding. Yeah, but I did not, that's what I just explained to you. you you're trying to produce the, uh, the unconditional love. And um, let me go ahead and read. Um, Galatians chapter 5, verses 20-23. This is what the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, this is what he produces. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says, there is no law against these things. So this is the thing that we need 
the Holy Spirit, as you abide in, he's going to produce, he's going to produce love. He's going to produce joy. I'm not talking about the world's kind of love, the world's kind of joy, the world's kind of peace. This We're talking about supernatural. Okay. This is one thing. When the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, you have the ability to produce supernatural things. Okay. Supernatural love, supernatural joy, supernatural peace, supernatural patience, supernatural kindness, supernatural goodness, supernatural faithfulness. Okay, supernatural gentleness. I want to put that word searching that supernatural in front of because hey, this is not what the world gives or through your own self-effort or through your willpower. No, the Holy Spirit gives you this because he lives on the inside. Of and as you surrender and yield your life to him, these things will flow out of you naturally. Self-control, supernatural self-control. Against there is such as no law. That word law is against this. In other words, there's no law making me do this. I love that. There's no, there's no human law. There's no, we talk about self-effort. There's no human ability that gives me the ability to know the Holy Spirit allowed me to produce this through him living on the inside of me. And I'm able to do this consistently. Are we perfect at it? No. But consistently, these things begin to flow in my life. As I yield, as I surrendered my life to him. So, bearing, now I want to say this statement. Bearing a lot of fruit, also known as maturity, takes time. Be patient with yourselves and others on the journey, the fruit will come. See, this is the key. As you surrender your life to Jesus, okay, bearing a lot of fruit, which is another thing for maturity, which means we want to grow in Christ. You want to grow in Christ, okay? Okay? You want to grow. But guess what? Bearing fruits, a lot of fruit, takes time. Even in natural, when you plant a tree, an apple tree, whatever kind of tree you plant, it takes time to see the fruit on that tree. It takes time. So be patient with yourself. Okay. And I know I'm guilty of that, you know, I get frustrated. I, there's been times when I got frustrated because, you know, and I found myself trying to do it on my own ability. And oh, I want to rush the process thinking that, you know, I'm just super Christian. But, you know, I had to learn it takes time to bear lots of fruit. And I, I had to learn how to tell myself and I've had to tell people. People have told me, be patient in so many words. Be patient. It's going to take time. OK, be patient with yourself and be patient with others on your journey. Other people don't rush other people through the process just because you may be there. OK, they might not be there right now. And I've had to learn that. I've constantly got to teach myself that because sometimes you, you know, you feel like people should be following along and maybe they should. But at the same time, you still have to be patient and give time because guess what? The fruit will come. Let me say it again. Just be patient with yourself 
as you surrender your life to Jesus, you surrender your life to the power of the Holy Spirit. Be patient with yourself. Don't try to rush the process here. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. It's going to take some time. It may take you more than one time to get the thing that you're praying about, the thing that you are believing God for. It may take some time to get it right. Okay. You may not get it right the first, second, third, or fourth time. But as you continue surrendering your life to, G to Jesus, Surrender your life to the power of the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. Okay, let them work through you as you yield yourself. As And the most important I want to think, I want to say right now, is part of yield surrender is allowing the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. That is so key here. Okay, you got to renew your mind. You got to allow... The word of God to change your thinking instead of you changing the word of God. Allow the word of God to change your thinking. Okay. And then watch fruit begin to flow out of your life. Watch fruit begin to flow. So will you claim by faith the spirit's power to fill your life with Jesus? Claim it by faith. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, ask the God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need that in order to live a life surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Because without that, you're going to struggle. Without that, you're not going to have that revelation of Scripture that God wants you to have. So let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who are listening, those who are hearing my voice right now. I thank you, God, that you, you sent your Holy Spirit as a comfort of us to be our teacher, to be our advocate, to be our strength, to be that person in case of an emergency, to comfort us even when we're hurt. And Holy Spirit, right now, I ask you to minister to that person who needs you. Give them the strength to surrender their life to you in every area, in their marriage, in their child parentship, in their workplace, wherever they need you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering to them, for working through them. I thank you for manifesting the fruits of the Spirit which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, God, whatever they need, I thank you for giving it to them right now in there that they may continue to mature, God, and be the Christian, the man or the woman that you've called them to be. And I just bless your name and I give you all the glory. Thank you for ministering to the person right now, for changing their life right now. As you speak to them through the, the words that have been spoken on tonight, and I give you glory and honor and praise in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening. I thank you for just allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you tonight. I know he has spoke to someone. And we will be back again with you next week on this continued message of I Surrender All. Thank you and bye-bye.